you're ready to talk fantasy football, then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Burke. And we're back on the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. And like we hinted to you and told you on our last episode, the third member of our team has arrived. He's ready to rock and roll, which means i got to talk to the voiceover guy and get his name added to our intro. And that is Min Kim. Min is here. He's going to be the third member of this team. He'll rotate in and out with me, with Mike. Mostly he'll be going with me for a little while as Mike does his Rotoviz stuff uh, towards the later week. Uh, Mike will do the early slates, the, Monday, the Sunday, Monday uh, pods with me. Min will work on the Thursday, Fridays with me as well. And then, you know, we'll mix and match. you get a mix of everybody, get some solos from everybody, and we'll get some things going. So, Min, welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, long time coming. How's it going? Hey, thanks for the invite. I do appreciate it. Oh, I'm excited to be here and, you know... Excited to join the team. Uh, I think three sums are always better than two sums, so let's get this thing rolling. You sure are. Tell everybody where they can find you at on Twitter. Yeah, please follow me on Twitter at FF underscore M-I-N-S-U. I promise to deliver some mediocre tweeting. You would probably find me tweeting angrily about the New York Giants as they struggle. But, you know, if, you look, if you're looking for some mediocre entertainment please give me a follow and i promise i'll follow back yeah full disclosure men's a big giant fan you all know about me and the steelers and mike doesn't proclaim a team but we all know he's a closet tennessee titan fan that he will vehemently deny we will get right into quarter number one and that is news and notes and we will get underway with josh gordon of the patriots limited in practice looking to make his debut with new england and that'll be sunday night against the lions uh he's you know got a, probably a high reward wide receiver uh for you're thinking he's going to be limited because of the playbook. Thoughts on Josh Gordon as he makes a Patriot debut? Someone you want to watch, most likely going to be in a snap count, or would you throw him out there hoping for that big play and some splash points? Well, if you throw him out there, I would definitely you know, make sure you have somebody to replace him with the Monday night game. I believe the Patriots are playing Sunday night, so if Josh Gordon you know, is for some reason inactive or if Belichick believes that he's not ready, game ready, then you might want to have a backup plan, but... If he does play, I'd figure if it's a blowout against the Lions, which I think everyone is thinking it will be, maybe he'll get some extra run with the second team just so we can get familiar with the with the offense. So it's it's really a wild card. I mean, I have Josh Gordon in one of the leagues, and I actually just traded him away because there's just too much unknown behind it. But we'll see. I mean, if he does play, I think he'll make impact right away. I think it's a you know he'll be on the other side of Chris Hogan, and then he'll probably replace Philip Dorsett. You know, and then once Edelman comes back, that's a four-headed monster on the outside with, you know, Hogan, Edelman, Gordon, and Gronk, and with even James White. So, you know, that offense looks great so far on paper, but let's see if this whole Josh Gordon thing pays out. Speaking of Gronk, no stranger to the injury report, added late on Thursday with an ankle injury. Some concern about Gronk. Uh, the Patriots always tight-lipped about these injuries, especially big guys like that. Um, I'd expect him to play, but... Are you a little bit worried here as he can never seem to go a season without being on the injury report? I mean, you have to be a little bit worried, right? I mean, every year it seems like there's something wrong with Gronk, and that's usually the reason why he usually slides a little bit in the drafts. But you got to figure he'll play. He's on the injury report a lot, but I'm sure when Sunday night comes, he'll be dressed, ready to go, and you know maybe he'll score a touchdown against the Lions. Who knows? There's some interesting ones that just kind of popped in here. Dalvin Cook of the Vikings sidelined with a hamstring on Thursday. I think this is interesting mainly because of the opponent. The Vikings playing the Bills on Sunday. The Bills, we know, have been brutal um, in both of their games. They did show a little bit of life against the Chargers, but not enough to even contend. 
With this matchup being so one-sided and the Vikings being most likely everybody's survivor pool pick, chance that the Vikings maybe just sit Dalvin Cook, get him ready, and put Latavius Murray out there. And if they do, your thoughts on Murray as a RB1 this week against the Bills and even some very valuable DFS play as well? Yeah, he's got sneaky DFS value. I mean, even if even if Dalvin Cook plays, you assume it'll be a blowout with the Vikings defense shutting out the Bills' putrid offense. Um, last week, I think, or the first week or the second week, Latavius Murray, Latavius Murray did close out the game, and he got the carries to end the game. So I think, you know, he'll vulture a touchdown from Dalvin Cook maybe at the end to run the clock out. But he has some sneaky value this week. And especially if he can't go, I would definitely fire him up. And I can tell you that he'll definitely be in my DFS lineup this week. Yeah, if, if Cook's out, Latavius Murray, everybody all hands on deck with him in DFS. Marcus Mariota still stuffing with that elbow practice again on Thursday. Blaine Gabbert was able to lead the Titans to a victory over the Texans last week, much to the dismay of both you and I, who were leaning on the Texans to win that game for, you know, entertainment purposes. Did not work out. Mariota most likely going to be back in week three against the Jags. It's a very, very tough matchup. Mariota hasn't really been used much yet, fantasy-wise. Obviously, didn't play last week. Really wasn't a big play in week one. So, thoughts on Mariota? Most likely sit him against the Jags, watch a couple, and see how he goes? Based on what I read, it seems like Mariota still, you know, his his he's not getting the full feeling back on his hand from the elbow. He's got, I hear, it's nerve damage. And going up against that tough Jacksonville defense, I think he's definitely a sick candidate, in my opinion. He's got the talent. He's young. If you got him in a dynasty league or, you know, season long and he's available, I would, it's definitely worth the flyer. He's got, he can do it both on the ground and throwing it. And once the offense picks up a little and gets through this tough part of the schedule, I think he'll be good to go. But Blaine Gabbert, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. Pass on him. A couple of Falcons for you. Devontae Freeman sidelined again on Thursday, most likely out again on Sunday. So Tevin Coleman against the Saints in a pretty solid matchup will be probably an RB1 in fantasy. And then Julio Jones back on the injury report with a calf. Uh, it sounds like it's just a precaution, but again, Julio, like Gronk, can't avoid the injury report seemingly on there most of the time throughout the season. He's going to be shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore. Does that affect you? Does that worry you? Or Julio Jones, fire him away, and let's look for that touchdown breakout game. You know, we get one of those a year where he goes off for about 250 yards and about two or three touchdowns. He only had three touchdowns last year, so against the Saints defense, which uh, got blown out by the Bucks, struggled a little bit against the Browns in a tight game that they won. Thoughts on Julio and Tevin Coleman today? Um, music to my music to my ears, Scotty. You know how I feel about Julio Jones. I think he's a boy. <laughs> it's going to be a shootout against the Saints. You know, Matt Ryan at home. I believe the Falcons are home, right? Or even if they're in New Orleans, it's a, they're indoors. Matt Ryan typically plays well indoors. Julio Jones. Big game expected. I don't. I don't expect this calf injury to sideline him. The Saints are going to score on this Falcons defense, and I sure hope that Matt Ryan answers and Julio Jones finally catches his first touchdown of the year and get that monkey off his back. I'm a big believer. I think Julio Jones will eventually end up with 10 plus touchdowns this season, but that's just me. Call me crazy, but we'll see how Sunday goes. I'm. I have Julio Jones in one league that I traded him for, which I know you didn't really like the trade after I showed it to you, but. You know, Julio Jones, fire him away. He's on my DFS lineup, too. Yeah, I kind of equate Julio Jones' touchdown production to Melvin Gordon's yards per carry. Just both are really non-existent these past <laughs> couple of years. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, he is going to be the Bengals' version of Tevin Coleman for the next couple of weeks with Joe Mixon out after having arthroscopic surgery. 
Geo averaged 23 and a half touches in the two games Mixon missed last year, and that was with Jeremy Hill on the roster. Let's not forget about that. So now no Mixon. Geo's the guy. Week three, Carolina, who had some trouble with Coleman last week. Could be an RB2. How about can he approach RB1 status in a PPR format? Definitely in PPR. If you're, like you said, if you're in a full-point PPR league where Geo is usually used, utilized on third downs where he's going to make catches, catches out of the backfield, It'll definitely be worth the, at least the flex spot, in my opinion. You know, he's got RB2, maybe even a low-end RB1 upside in this week's matchup against the Panthers. Like you said, they struggled with Tevin Coleman. I think he he surpassed 100 rushing yards last week, I believe. So I, I don't really expect that from Gio Bernard, but you got to expect, you know, four, maybe five catches for 60 yards, maybe steal a touchdown here or there. But he's always been – had that 1A, 1B combo, like you said, you know, Jeremy Hill before, now with Joe Mixon. It's his time to shine. Hopefully, he comes and delivers. Yeah, you're now the in-house Giants guy in this uh, on this podcast that we got. And, uh, you know, you've listened to the show plenty of times. And you know, Mike and I sometimes go after the Giants a little bit for some of the decisions. Well, two guys you're going to watch closely on Sunday. That's Will Fuller, DeAndre Hopkins, both limited on Thursday. Both going to play. Figure Hopkins is going to get Janoris Jenkins. What are your expectations for your Giant defense? Can they keep either one of these in check, or is the Texan breakout coming and the Giants just running into the wrong teams at the wrong time? The Giants' defense have actually played well the first two seasons, believe it or not. I mean, they they kept, other than that bomb in the first drive for Dak to Tavon Austin, they, they pretty much shut that offense down except for that Zeke vulturing a touchdown at the end in garbage time. But even against Jacksonville, they were competitive. I believe the defense will hold up. Deshaun Watson hasn't been off to a great start this year. Obviously, he's still young in last week's game where he held the ball where there was what, 10 seconds left and he threw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins with three seconds left and the game was over. So he's young and I think the Giants defense can hold him up. I mean, I am an optimistic Giants player, Giants fan, and I know you guys are not high on that Saquon Barkley pick, but... I believe that was a tremendous pick, but we'll save that for another I mean, day. No, I mean, listen, they, not not to knock on the players, it's just a situation. You know, we both preached the offensive line was terrible, including the additions of Nate Solder, who's been awful for $62 million. Will Hernandez has been brutal. Eric Flowers, we know the story there. They lose their center to injury. It's just a matter of thinking about the future, and the guy that was there was Sam Darnold and probably should have been the guy that you went after. But, again, that'll be another episode. Let's wrap up news and notes. Let's go to the Colts. they got a plethora of injuries. It's Jack Doyle, T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack, hip, quad, foot, hamstring, respectively. All probably going to play. Uh, if Doyle doesn't go, Ebron's a big fill-in for sure. T.Y. Hilton will probably be the biggest question mark. Who's going to fill in there? Ryan Grant, Chester Rogers. I mean, it's a plethora of guys that really don't have any value, but may with Hilton out. One that intrigues me is Marlon Mack. because We've seen a little bit of Jordan Wilkins. He's been okay. Uh, Marlon Mack can't go. Thoughts on Wilkins, Ebron, and anybody to replace T.Y.? It's not easy to replace a player like T.Y., but if he does miss time and, you know, Jack Doyle's also out, probably Ebron will get a huge boost in targets and snaps. Ryan Grant, like you said, is probably their number two receiver now. Um, But other than that, if those guys are out, it doesn't look very promising against the defending champs. But, you know, note that Philly defense, they got – they gave up – a ton of yards against Julio Jones week one. Last week, Deshaun Jackson, revenge game. First play of the game, 75-yard bomb from Fitzmagic. And Mike Evans played well that game. So 
they do give up a lot of points, a lot of yards, touchdowns to the opposing team's number one receiver. So if he's healthy enough to play and it looks like Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck is targeting him, I believe he had 11 targets in the first two came two games each so keep those targets up you're gonna see the numbers you're gonna see the yard you're gonna see the touchdowns maybe fire them away in your dfs lineup if you want to take a flyer but you know the key factor is he's got to be healthy enough to go so and if jack doyle is out i'm sure ebron's stock will just rise tremendously and will disappoint everybody like he's done in the past <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely you know i'm not a big ebron guy i'm more of a doyle guy but right now ebron's produced better than i expected he would but, yeah, that's a situation worth watching. As the whistle comes in, we go to quarter number two. We're going to talk about the AFC home games for week number three. Kick it off right here with the Denver Broncos traveling to Baltimore to play the Ravens. Give me some fantasy players to watch, pl- players you think might have breakouts, maybe not. A little bit of a running back controversy. Maybe bring in both for both teams. Lindsey Freeman, Collins Allen, break this one down for us. Case Keenum, baby. I know this was briefly brought up last episode, and I am a huge believer in Case Keenum. Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, that Ravens secondary looked awful against the Red Rocket. You know, A.J. Green, three touchdowns last week. They're still missing Jimmy Smith. Fire him up. I love Case Keenum. I have, I don't have any shares of him in any of my fantasy teams, but, you know, I do have Emmanuel Sanders in a bunch, and I do have Demarius Thomas, who, you know, last week didn't look so good, but I'm sure we'll look to bounce back um regarding their backfield i think from what i've read so far they're going to go with the hot hand approach philip Lindsay, i mean what can you say he's the he he's actually the only undrafted player in the nfl history with 100 plus scrimmage yards in his first two nfl games fun fact so you know i think they're going to approach the hot hand and you know royce freeman got he set, saved his night saved his day last week with a touchdown but nothing really special there and we'll see. I mean, Philip Lindsay is explosive. They like the kid. We'll see how that goes. On the Ravens side, Joe Flacco didn't look so good last week. But, you know, if there's one player on that Ravens offense you like to target, he looks like he does have a connection with John Brown as he scored a touchdown again for back in two straight weeks. So look for that if he's available. Um, I have a few shares of Michael Trav- Crabtree, which has been a disappointment so far. But, you know, I think for the Ravens offense to get back, on track they got to get the run game going with Alex Collins I think that's when you know they give the defense that rest so they can be effective so we'll see how this game plays out yeah we've talked about the Collins Allen's uh, breakdown the touch has been pretty similar Um, I couldn't disagree with you anymore about Case Keenum the Raven defense albeit did not look good against the Bengals they you know the numbers may be skewed a little bit because they held the Bills in check but only 167 passing yards allowed in the two games by that secondary now you're asking Case Keenum to go on the road to a hostile environment in Baltimore. I'm going to lay off that. I'm also going to lay off Joe Flacco. I'll target the running backs here only because there's guys that can make things happen. Lindsey looks explosive out of the backfield, giving you that that option as they quote-unquote scat back and his yards per carry have been up. I'm still an Alex Collins believer. He should be the guy to get the goal line touches. I know Buck Allen has gotten some this year and also got some last year, but as long as Collins doesn't fumble, I think this balances out in his favor. But again, I've been wrong before, but that would be the way I look at this. But I want nothing to do with the quarterbacks. If I'm taking a defense, I'll take the Ravens defense at home in a good spot there as well. And this might be a kicker game, too. If you're playing at DFS style, Justin Tucker, Brandon McManus, both kickers probably the target in your DFS lineups um, and so forth. Let's go to the next one. That's the Houston Texans hosting your team, the New York Giants. Both teams 0-2. We just touched on that a little bit ago. Uh, both teams need a win. Uh, both teams definitely were looking towards the playoffs before the season started. 
And now they're both one of them staring at 0-3 unless we get our third consecutive tie uh, three weeks in a row here at the start of the season. Uh, Saquon Barkley, you know, you take away that one big run he had against the Jaguars. He's really been pedestrian. Again, you can fault the offensive line, whatever you might want. Odell Beckham really was not targeted much against the Cowboys. Barkley did get 14 catches against Dallas, but it was only 80 yards. So that was, you know, a little deceiving. Give me a little bit uh, out of this game. Is the Deshaun Watson breakout coming? Are the wide receivers going to break out? Or can, can the Giants go on the road here against what on paper is a good Texans defense? But Merciless, Clowney, Watt have not been able to get to the quarterback. Clowney might not play. So your thoughts on this game? Can Eli Manning get a little time to throw and make something happen? Well, that defensive line is probably going to have a field day against the Giants offensive line. I think you and I can go try out for the, to play for the Giants offensive line. I mean, yeah, they've I mean, been I all... the size. I'm a little bigger than you, so maybe <laughs> I can get there. Maybe, maybe you for a tight end. Yeah, but I mean, for Deshaun Watson, in five starts with Will Fuller, he's averaged 296.2 yards per game, 3.6 touchdowns, and 9.52 yards per attempt. And three starts without Will Fuller, you're looking at 200.7 yards per game, one touchdown per game, and 6.62 yards per attempt. So it looks like Will Fuller does play a big role in Deshaun Watson's game, whether that be from them being in a shootout against the Patriots last year or, you know, them playing behind, whatever the case may be. But Deshaun Watson definitely seems to play better when, 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 when Will Fuller is on the field. And as you can see, Will Fuller scored a touchdown last week um, after missing game week one. In terms of the Giants, I hope Odell gets in the end zone this week. He's the highest paid wide receiver in the game. Eli just needs a little bit of time. Hopefully he'll get it. And you know how I feel about my boy Barkley. Not, you know, he usually breaks that first tackle. And you got to hope for some magic if he can do it against that Jags defense. I'm sure he can continue to do it throughout the season. Evan Ingram got in the end zone, on, you know, but there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense as long as Eli has time. So we'll see. And, you know, from Deshaun Watson, maybe this is the breakout game. But like I said, the Giants defense has played decent other than a couple of big plays that they've given up. But I would sure hope that the Giants come out with the victory. And but who really knows? Maybe, you know, I'll be another disappoint. It'll be another disappointing week for me. Yeah, I mean, I know you're a Lamar Miller guy, as is Mike. He is, he's averaging five yards a carry. He's looked pretty good uh, rushing the ball for the Texans in two defeats. So he might be something to look at. Uh, Evan Ingram, I preached about this a lot preseason, offseason, so forth, was going to be the guy to suffer in this offense. And so far, only nine catches through two games. Uh, it's going to be someone to watch. He was drafted as a top five, top six tight end. So we're going to watch this as it goes on. But I'd be a little concerned about an Evan Ingram type for the Giants. But, yeah, this is a... You know, like I said, must-win game for both teams. You'd like to see both teams kind of put some numbers up and give us uh, something from a fantasy standpoint, but uh, we'll have to see how that goes because it's uh, on paper. Offense is struggling, but someone's got to move forward, you would think. Let's go to Jacksonville, and after that impressive performance last week against the Patriots, the Jaguars got a little revenge from the playoff game. Blake Bortles with the game of his career, three four, over 350 and four scores. In come the Titans. We talked about Mariota most likely going to come back and start this game, but this game is in Jacksonville. The Jaguars look really good. The defense looks solid, as always. And they won that game last week with Greg Robinson, the offensive tackle, uh, being hurt, and then no Leonard Fournette, and TJ Yeldon looked pretty good. So the Jags and the Titans, can you take any one of these running backs and give them a shot for the Titans, Lewis or Henry? And if so, which one? 
And does Corey Davis have any value, or is this just really one of those, as Mike would say, mod games, mother of God, of God games, and just kind of use a couple of guys from the Jags and roll out that Jags defense at home? Yeah, I don't see much value in any of the Titans receivers. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Mariota didn't play. Like I said, you know, I think he's still feeling feeling some numbness in his fingers and can't grip the ball well. So it might be another Blaine Gabber week. And Corey Davis against Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, no thank you. I'm going to shy away from that. In terms of their running backs, I think Deion Lewis would probably hold a little more value. I know you were a big Derrick Henry fan, and after listening to you and Mike preach about Derrick Henry, I actually drafted him in a couple of leagues, and so far, Still not early. so good. Still early. <laughs> Still early. But, you know, maybe he'll get in the end zone if they get close enough. But, you know, that offense, especially if Blaine Gabbert is playing, you probably won't expect much. So if you have the Jags defense, fire them away. And flipping around to the Jags offense, I mean, Blake Bortles looked like a superstar last week against the Patriots defense. You know, I know you're a big Keelan Cole fan, so... Who knows, maybe he'll have another game, stay consistent, and be the number one wide receiver for the Jags. You know, a lot of question with Leonard Fournette on his hamstring injury. Will he play this week? Um, He did practice, I believe, limited yesterday and limited today. Today is Thursday. So hopefully he will play. And, you know, against that Titans defense, he should get a number of carries, number of looks. But don't be surprised if they're up big somehow and they pull him out early and they stick with TJ Yeldon and Corey Grant. Yeah, the only thing I worry about from this game, and I know it's a division game, is, is a little bit of a letdown from the Jags just after that, you know, big win on national TV against the Patriots where they kind of, you know, they controlled that game from start to finish. They outcoached them, they outplayed them, outhustled them and so forth. And in my power rankings that'll come out tomorrow, they are the number one team this week and rightfully so, you know, two good wins, a nice win against the Giants and a very impressive win against the Pats. So I'd be worried about a little bit of a letdown, but again, they should handle the Titans well. And yeah, the offense for the Titans probably lay away from that. Let's go to Kansas City, and what's the over/under on Patrick Mahomes' touchdowns? Is it six, seven? What are we, what are we looking at here? Because Patrick Mahomes has got ten touchdowns through two games. He lit up my Steelers secondary and my Steelers defense last week. Travis Kelsey had a field day, as did Hill, Watkins, Chris Connolly scored. Everybody got a touchdown last week. Uh, what's the situation here in a game that probably should put up a lot of points here? The Niners coming in a good AFC NFC battle. The, they put up thirty last week against the Lions at home. But there are some uh, fantasy options here on both sides, I think, that uh, really could be enticing uh, redraft as well as DFS. Yeah, there's definitely potential for a lot of fantasy points here. I mean, I, gotta, I you have to guess the over-under for this game has got to be over 50, right? But uh, Yeah, you know, easily. It's got to be like a 53, 54-point over-under for sure. Uh, that's probably what we're looking at in this game. Right. And, you know, if Mahomes can stay hot, that 49ers defense, they did give up a lot of points at the end to Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford and, and the Lions. Probably Tyreek Hill probably catches another long bomb, if I had to guess. Maybe, you know, it's been like, it, it looks like they're taking turns. You know, week one, Tyreek Hill had a big game. Week two, Travis Kelsey has a big game. Maybe Kareem Hunt gets a lot of carries because they get up big and he scores two touchdowns. You know, but this, this offense is, so talented that you know at any given time throughout the throughout the game that one of these guys can kind of break one and score and on the flip side for the 49ers I mean their defense wasn't great last week at the end and where they gave up a lot of points to the Lions but you know you got to figure Jimmy G's got to let it let it go and hopefully find either Marquise Goodwin if he plays Pierre Garçon George Kittle Matt Brieta is a sneaky DFS play if especially if they're down so I think Jimmy G will probably have a big week because they'll be playing from behind. We'll have a negative game script. And 
you know, a lot, like I said, a lot of potential for fantasy points in this game. Yeah, I mean, I think this game is going to be a bit of a shootout. I think it's really when you play the Chiefs now, it's going to be you're going to have to outscore them because their defense stinks too. You know what I'm saying? And, and the Niners have coming in, Matt Breida leading the league in rushing. Uh, I would have told you that preseason. You would have laughed at me. But it's averaging <laughs> eight, eight and a half carries, eight and a half yards per carry, which is just a really, really astronomical number. And Jimmy G has been good. He, he, he was a little shaky in that Minnesota game. Good last week. This game's going to have a lot of points. Chief defense stinks. A lot of fantasy value. George Kittle probably have a nice game. Marquise Goodwin sounds like he may be back in this game. And again, they're Niners averaging 140 on the ground. The Steelers really didn't get a chance to run the ball last week because they were down so early, 21 nothing before you could blink. But yeah, you look at these guys, the Kareem Hunt game is coming, and that may be this week as well. Sammy Watkins was good last week. So a lot to watch for here, a lot of guys you could target, and a lot of different ways you can go DFS and redraft. Let's go Oakland, Miami. This should be a thriller. There'll be a ton of people watching this game, I'm sure. The Raiders <laughs> and Jordan, who's preaching for a pass rusher, my friend. Uh, maybe don't trade the best one in the league. Uh, I don't know, John. Maybe that's what you did. Do. Did you see the stat where Cleo Mack's defensive stats are equivalent to the Raiders' entire defense in yeah, terms I mean, of sacks? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this trade forever, and John Gruden will never live this down. But you look at this game from a fantasy standpoint. The Dolphins, 2-0, a surprising 2-0. The Raiders 0-2. They let that game slip away last week against Denver after getting blitzed by uh, the Rams on Monday night a couple weeks ago when you and I were down at AC. That was our uh, little uh, comeback bet. We both had the Rams. We were able to cash a little bit and get a little bit of a reprieve. But you look at the Raiders here. Derek Carr, close to 600 with a touchdown. Omari Cooper was more involved last week. Uh, Still only 11 for 125 in the air. Jared Cook is still over the 220 mark. Uh, Jalen Richard, I like. I hope they use him a little bit more as time goes on. But, I mean, anybody you like in this game, is Frank Gore still a thing for Kenyon Drake? Do you like any of the Dolphins receivers? Because the Raider defense we know is not good. Uh, can you give me a sneaky play here in DFS from the Dolphins side, maybe? Who do you like? Kenny Stills has played well first two weeks of the season. Uh, he scored a t- two touchdowns against the Titans week one. Crushed us. Broke our hearts. Um, Kenyon Drake... He's losing a lot of touches to Frank Gore, but Frank Gore is a dinosaur. You got to figure they got to feed the young guy. I know he hasn't had many touches throughout the, his short young career, but he's definitely the back to own in that Miami backfield. Other than that, I mean, Albert Wilson, I believe, is on the Dolphins, and he got in the end zone last week. Am I correct on that? Yeah, Albert Wilson did score. He has some value. I mean, only 68 yards so far, but. Want to see that? Uh, you want to see that build a little bit more. Danny Amendola, you'd like to see get involved more. But again, it is Ryan Tannehill. The Dolphins not really known for lighting it up through the air. Uh, the Kenyon Drake game, you hope is coming at some point where he can get going and maybe not be uh, deterred by Frank Gore. Uh, you know the the Raider running backs. I'm not a fan of either one of these guys. You know that Lynch and Martin. I told you I like more than Jalen Richard. So this game again could be one of those just uh, you know I don't know twenty to 10, 20 to thirteen games that really does not get a lot of pub. Um, and, you know, when you look at the AFC slate this week, that's really it. There is a game tonight, obviously. We're recording pregame, so we're not going to really get much into that with the Jets and the Browns. So we'll see how that turns out. First time in nearly two and a half years, the Browns are a favorite um, in any type of format, whether home or on the road. They're a three-point favorite against the Jets. So we'll, Mike and I will probably touch base on that in the next episode, and then we'll see how that goes on. So whistle's coming in. We're going quarter three. We're going straight into the NFC home games. And the first one should have a lot of points as well, you would think. Unless, of course, the Saints play like they did last week against the Browns. And that's the Saints and the Falcons in a division showdown as well. Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Alvin Kamara, Tevin Coleman, Michael Thomas is catching everything from everywhere. Break this one down. There is a lot 
to digest from the Falcons and the Saints coming up. Yeah, if you're a big fantasy guy, you're 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 just waiting for games like this. Michael Thomas leading the league in catches for the through the first two games of the season. The NFL, the Atlanta Falcons just gave up 14 catches to Christian McCaffrey. So I could probably, you know, say Alvin Kamara will probably produce something close to that. Uh, you know where I stand with Julio Jones. They're playing in Atlanta inside the dome where usually Matt Ryan plays pretty well. And that Saints defense hasn't looked as good as we thought it they were going to be. So maybe they go back to early 2017 Saints defense where they were getting lit up for 40 plus points every week and Matt and Drew Brees had to throw for 400 yards to try to keep up with them. Who really knows? Um, you know, there is an injury with Ted Ginn. If he can't go, Traquan Smith, there's a lot of buzz around him in that Saints team. You know, if he gets an opportunity to play, who knows, he might be a sneaky pickup. I did pick him up in one league just in case he does implode this week. I mean, explode this week. Um, but that's just a long, that's just a long shot on my end. But on the Falcons, you got to figure Tevin Coleman will get a lot of touches again, assuming Devontae Freeman doesn't play. Calvin Ridley got in the end zone last week. Um, is that a fluke? I don't really know. I mean, there's, you know, Sanu is still there. So I know they did say they were going to try to get him involved a little bit more and he did score, but yeah, they like Sanu, but I mean, I think Ridley as time goes on gets, gets more on the, gets uh, more reps in the field and becomes a factor down the stretch and as the season moves on. Uh, Julio Jones, you think the touchdown game is coming? DFS wise here, Alva Kamara is ninety five hundred on DraftKings. Michael Thomas is eighty nine hundred. If you had to pick one of them, because you could only pick one of them, who is it? Thomas or Kamara? You got to think Kamara, right? Michael I, I, Thomas I mean, got twenty eight catches. Yeah, I mean he is leading the league in catches, and I understand that. But he Christian McCaffrey had fourteen catches coming out of the backfield last week. I would hope that Alvin Kamara can produce similar numbers, get in the end zone. You know, and with Mark Ingram coming back in week five, they'll probably try to use him a little bit more and then give him a break once Ingram gets back on the field. But you can't go wrong with either one of those guys. They're going to score a lot of points in this game. So it should be exciting for all fantasy players to see what this game prevails. Speaking of Christian McCaffrey, his Panthers host the Bengals on Sunday. McCaffrey has touched the ball 38 times through two games, 20 catches, 18 carries. Uh, the Panthers one and one. The Bengals two and zero. Like we said, Giovanni Bernard is replacing Mixon, so we don't really need to get into that. AJ Green had the three touchdown game. Tyler Boyd, Boyd has become a thing. Tyler Eifert has been healthy for two games. Uh, McCaffrey, Newton, can Devin Funches produce? AJ Green a repeat, or was that just a one shot deal? You and I both like AJ Green, and I think he'll put up, you know, decent numbers throughout the season. I mean, are we going to expect another three-touchdown game from him this week? Probably not. Um, but, you know, I'm, you know you know how I stand with Christian McCaffrey. I think he can potent- he has the potential to become a po- top three, top five running back this season. I love the way that um, North Tenor said that they were going to use him. Hopefully he'll continue to get his touches. Panthers receiving core-wise. DJ Moore got in the end zone last week. Um, you know, I, you know how I feel about Devin Funches. He was a tight end converted into a receiver from college. Nothing, you know, he's a big body, but nothing too special there. Maybe John Ross gets behind that secondary for a long bomb. But, you know, we'll see how the Red Rifle does. And I'm sure A.J. Green will get his typical numbers, and we'll see how they go for this game. But, you know, I'm excited about McCaffrey, that's for sure. Yeah, I like both running backs in this game. They have a big game with Bernard and McCaffrey, so they could be fired off, fired on uh, in, in all formats. Bills... Going to go to 0-3 as they travel to the Vikings. 
Um, you know, LaShawn McCoy has cracked ribs. He's going to try to play. We talked about the receiving cores in flux. Josh Allen's probably going to get uh, really beat up in this game. So let's just go on the Viking side. We talked about if Dalvin Cook's out, Latavius Murray has some, some value. Diggs or Thielen, if you could pick one this week, which one will you take? Thielen, baby. You know how I feel. I, I Like you said, I was able to get Thielen from Mike on a trade in our Dynasty League. I think Thielen's just a little bit more consistent. Obviously, Diggs has a higher ceiling than Thielen does, I believe. But if you're looking for that consistent every week player that'll show up and get you those six, seven catches for 80, 90 yards, Adam Thielen is your man. But I, I'd be a little bit skeptical here. I mean, they can get off to a quick start early, get a big lead, and you really won't see those guys for the rest of the game. So like I said, Latavius Murray might be a sneaky DFS play. Uh, your thoughts on picking up Chris Ivory now that, you know, LaShawn McCoy's injured and maybe facing even, you know, with the additional news coming out, you know, he might be suspended a few games. Yeah, I mean, Chris Ivory, uh, you could pick him up. I'd even look at maybe Marcus Murphy, but I would have, not for this game, just let this game play out and see how it goes going forward. Uh, like I said, McCoy's going to try to go, but he, you can handcuff him now if you want, but you definitely do not put him out there against the Vikings. I mean, they're averaging 412 yards a game, 320 through the air. This just reeks, reeks blowout, and you know what will happen is we'll turn to get, turn the scores on Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, and it'll be 7 nothing Bills, and everybody will be in a panic, like, wait, what's going on here? So, because remember, the Vikings coming off that emotional game against the Packers. But we'll see how that one turns out. Let's go to Philadelphia. Colts and Andrew Luck, they're banged up like we talked about. They're going into face the defending champs, coming off a loss to the Tampa Bay Bucks. But the good news for the Eagles is the return of Carson Wentz. He's expected to play. Bad news is Jay Ajayi and Darren Sproles both banged up, which prompted me to go pick up Corey Clement in a couple of leagues that he was available in. Uh, he offers some value in both aspects, running and passing. So thoughts on this game. We talked a little bit about the running backs and the Colts. We really need to dive into that. We know we like Wilkins a little bit if Mack is out. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, if he's out, Ryan Grant will go. So from the Eagles standpoint, if there's any uh, hiccups with Ajayi, Sproles sounds like he'll be out. And if Ajayi can't go, your thoughts on Corey Clement? And what should we expect from Carson Wentz in his first game back against in a pretty good matchup against a Colts secondary that's you know, not that good? Yeah, and don't count out Wendell Smallwood either. I think, you know, both of those guys will bring some value, especially if, you know, like you said, Ajayi and Sproles are both missing. Obviously, I'll give the edge to Corey Clement. I did try to trade for him in one league and wasn't successful, which I'm a little upset about. But the Eagles fans, they should be excited for Carson Wentz to make his return, uh, replacing Nick Foles, who has been very mediocre for the first two games of the season. I'm sure Zach Ertz owners are ecstatic to see, you know, Wentz come back as Wentz loves throwing to Ertz. You know, the Eagles did sign Jordan Matthews this week, and I believe they're anticipating him to play, I believe. I think he's healthy enough. That's the reason why they signed him. But, you know, your thoughts on him impacting on Nelson Aguilar's numbers or yeah, I mean, Zach Ertz's listen, targets? You know, he's been there before. He's familiar. I, 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 I prefer... To Nelson Aguilar right now. I mean, Jordan Matthews had trouble latching on in Buffalo, couldn't stay on New England. So, I mean, is the talent there? Maybe. I don't know. It's not something I'd worry about right now. I kind of see how that plays out. Now, granted, the injuries to Jeffrey and Mike Wallace opened the door for that, but Nelson Aguilar is a guy you should definitely look for in Zach Ertz. should put up the numbers that he's expected. I know everybody was up in arms week one when Dallas Goddard, you know, was targeted and scored a touchdown, but let's not forget he did nothing last week and Ertz leads the team in receptions with 16. So Ertz is still the man in Philadelphia, so you should really target the two receivers there. We go to Washington. The Packers off that tie with the Vikings. They go into Washington to face the Redskins. 
Aaron Rodgers looked perfectly fine last week, so he's good to go. Alex Smith, this is has been Alex Smith basically. That's what he's been. Uh, Chris Thompson involved a little bit. He's got 19 catches for the for the Redskins. That's just uh, something. That, that's crazy. The running back for the for, for the Skins with 19 already. Your boy Jordan Reed's been healthy through two games, so hopefully he can keep that up. Adrian Peterson, a little bit of a reality check last week. Well, we don't know how far that's going to roll, but talk to me about the Packers. Talk to me about the Redskins. A couple of guys to look for. A couple of guys that maybe have a big game. Yeah, I read today that um, you know Aaron Rodgers does have a concern that his knee would potentially get worse throughout the season. So you know, definitely keep an eye on that because especially if Rodgers is missing time, that's a huge downgrade to all of the Packers' receiving core with Brett. Brett, no, it's not Brett Hundley anymore. Yeah, it's, Brett Hundley's um, long gone, my friend. It's yeah, Deshaun Kaiser. It's Deshaun role. Kaiser who stunk it up against the Bears for that first half when Rodgers was out, and Cleo Mack just destroyed him. Um, but as long as Rodgers is healthy, fire up Devontae Adams. Geronimo Allison has been decent through the first two games. Randall Cobb came down to earth after catching that game-winning touchdown against the Bears. That backfield, Aaron Jones, is coming back this week, but he's behind both Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery in the depth chart, so we'll see how that plays out. And other than that, I mean, as long as Rodgers can run around, move around a little bit, and throw the ball with his magical arm that we know he can sling it, and Devontae Adams should be a full go. And flip it over to the Redskins, like you said, Alex Smith had his Alex Smith game last week, didn't play so well. Jordan Reed looks like he's been healthy, so you know how I feel about him. He's been a great fantasy-producing tight end as as long as he can stay healthy. So we'll keep an eye on that. Like you said, Chris Thompson's leading team in receptions. Rob Kelly did go on the RR with a toe injury this week. So if anything were to happen to Adrian Peterson, Samaj P. Ryan would be the guy to go pick up. But nothing really too exciting there either. But if I had to pick one Redskins backfield player, it would definitely be Chris Thompson, as he's especially in a PPR format where you're getting a full point for a catch. Josh Doxson, average game last week. They do definitely need some help on the outside with the receiving core as Jamison Crowder has been brutal through the first two games. Yeah, he has. One of those letdown guys. Mike Mike was hoping Jamison Crowder would be a wide receiver one last year. Actually, thought he might lead the league in receptions. That didn't work out too well. Let's go to L.A., and if you follow me on the Scorecross Sports and what I've been writing, we got a week three uh, matchup of my Super Bowl uh, that I predicted. Chargers, Rams, this is what I think is going to happen at the end of the year. Chargers bounce back after that loss to the Chiefs with a win. They go to 1-1, one and, one, and the Rams look to me to be the most complete team in football right now. And Vegas knows it as well as they are now the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Only two weeks in, but they look pretty good. On, actually, they look really good on both sides of the ball. Goff is clicking. Gurley's doing his thing. Brandon Cooks is over t- nearly over 250 in receiving already, so he's been good. Uh, Goff's spreading the ball around to everybody. Woods getting his catches. Cups getting his catches. Looking for Brandon Cooks to get in the end zone. Same thing for Woods, but it's coming. Uh, Chargers got offense ex- explosion as well. Rivers is near 700 already passing with six touchdowns. Uh, we know Keenan Allen's good, and Melvin Gordon's added that receiving even more to his game with 15 catches. His yards per carry is up at 3.8, which is actually probably a high for him. So a lot to look for in this game. Uh, a couple of standouts, your thoughts. Both quarterbacks full go. Uh, obviously, Gurley's going, so we didn't talk about him. But anything else, anybody else from here that you really like uh, this week? I wouldn't hate it if you shied away from Phillip Rivers a little. I mean, that Rams defense is scary. They got two shutdown corners on the outside with Marcus Peters and a kid, a, a kid Talib. Oh, I can't speak today. Um, 
For but, show jitters, baby. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, even with Keenan Allen, I know he's a stud, but he's going he's gonna to have his hands full with those two corners. I don't love the Rivers play, but obviously, you know, I wouldn't blame you if you didn't sit him and you started him because he will put up his numbers probably. Uh, on the flip side, on the Rams, like you said, hopefully Brandon Cooks finds one in the end zone this week. He's had a couple of long ones that, you know, Goff over, under through a little bit that, you know, that I feel like would have mounted to a couple of long touchdowns. We know what Gurley's going to do. Robert Woods missed a couple first week. You know, he dropped a few, which I thought was odd. But, you know, that Rams office is cl- offense is clicking. Their defense is playing lights out. You know, Philip Rivers, maybe this is one of those stinker games where he throws four picks and throws for 210 yards. Who knows? But, you know, I would shy away from any of the Chargers offensive players. But obviously, if you have players like Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen, you got to start those guys. Maybe they'll find a little spark out of Eckler when he's in the game. All right, let's move it on to the Bears at the Cardinals. We talked that nauseam about the Cardinals. The one thing I just really want to highlight here is the fact that through two games, Chase Edmonds has more catches than David Johnson. That is a problem that the Cardinals need to fix and fix it quick. All right. He David Johnson is a top four fantasy pick, probably first in some drafts, as low as four and others, but still top four. And he's got a world of talent and this offense has decided that they don't want to use him out of the backfield, which makes no sense to me at all. Obviously the Bradford trouble plays into that, but not expecting much in this game, honestly. David Johnson is probably a borderline sit here uh, with the Bears defense coming in with Mack all over the field. The Bears played well against Seattle on Monday night. We know they, even though they blew that second half against the Packers, they played well in that game too. So this has got a you know, struggle written all over for the Cardinals. But again, it could be one of those where the Cardinals are up 10-3 at the half and we don't know what's going on. But is David Johnson a sit this week against the Bears? I don't think you can ever sit a player that you picked on the top, nah, potentially top four of your draft. That sit, your, it, that sit your studs motto sometimes <laughs> gets a little old. I mean, sometimes you just got to look at the matchups. and uh, that's. Uh, yeah, I mean, that Cardinals offense has been brutal through, I mean, through two games this year, they're averaging 47 plays per game, also equating to 16 yards per drive. That 47 yards per game is an all-time low. From 2008 to 20, 2017, the Titans in 2010 averaged the lowest place per game at 56.7. So if you're looking at, at it from that perspective, you know they're running almost 10 plays less than the all-time low from 2008 to 2007. You know That obviously doesn't bode well for that Cardinals offense, like I said, until they make some changes, either whether it be a quarterback change or changing their offensive scheme. You know, you can look to shy away from Larry, but with David Johnson, I think you got to put him out there. I think he did put up double-digit points in the first week because he scored a touchdown. So you got to hope that they somehow get closer down to the end zone and he pops in for a touchdown there. On the flip side with the Bears, Allen Robinson had a decent game last week, Monday night. Monday night they played, right, against the Seahawks. You know, he had, I think – 8, 10 catches for 70, 80 yards. He looked like, you know, Trubisky definitely liked throwing to Allen Robinson, but he's going to have his hands full with Patrick Peterson. If the Bears somehow get the lead, I'm sure they would love to get Jordan Howard going a little bit and give him some extra carries to get his uh, season moving along. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets in the end zone this week either. But you know me, I'm not a big fan of Mitch, Mitch Trubisky. I don't think he's a great quarterback, and I know you're a big Trey Burton fan, but, you know, I wouldn't get too excited about that. 
yeah, this game's got a lot of, you know, poo-poo all over it. Let's just be honest with you. Dallas going to Seattle. Dallas is 1-1. One one. Seattle is 0-2. Dallas is with a win against the Giants, but they look terrible. Let's be honest against your team. Your team just did not play well in that game, period. I don't Ze- think they went there. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott's got uh, two touchdowns. 147 yards. Cole Beasley leads the team with nine catches. So that's all you need to know about the Dallas receiving core and their offense. Uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks staring 0-3 in the face. I think this is a get-right game for them. Uh, concerning is the running back situation. Chris Carson was hyped up, not really doing much. 75 yards, average six a clip, but really minimal touches. Uh, the big surprise really has been Will Disley, the tight end. Six catches, he's got two touchdowns for 150 yards. No Doug Baldwin, so Tyler Lockett against the Cowboys. Your thoughts there? Well, don't get too excited about Will Disley. He's going to come back down to earth this week. You know, the reason being, I think the Seahawks will win the game and will probably have the lead for the most part. You know, and also don't be surprised if that Cowboys defense just tears that awful, awful offensive line apart. I mean, they're going to probably get after it like the Bears did. You know, Tyler Lockett, two touchdowns in the first two weeks of the season. Looks like he's emerging as the go-to receiver with Doug Baldwin on the sideline. Brandon Marshall looking like his old self. Nothing too exciting there. I believe he had four catches for 44 yards last week. Thought maybe he'd get in the end zone with a revenge game against his former team, the Chicago Bears, but that didn't happen. You know, Rashad Penny got a lot of run last week. You know, Pete Carroll said that Chris Carson was gassed from playing special teams. Maybe don't. Play your starting running back on special teams. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, if you think he's your starter, he shouldn't be playing special teams. He should just be playing the running back position. But, hey, Pete Carroll is a different type of character, so he likes to do uh, some things like makes us shake our head, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, throw that one, that the one, like throw the ball from the one-yard line in the Super Bowl when you have Marshawn Lynch on your team. But, hey, who, who remembers that? Sunday night, it's the hoodie versus the student or the hoodie versus the rocket scientist. It's the Patriots going to Detroit. Belichick against Matt Patricia. Detroit is 0-2. They look like a dumpster fire against the Jets. They showed a little resiliency against the Niners. But the Patriots, off a loss, national TV. I don't care if they were playing this in the middle of the desert, in the middle of the Sahara. The Patriots going in here. This should be one of those uh, mod games, like Mike likes to say. Tom Brady should have a day. I like James White. Now, you know I like James White, so I think he's a significant value. Rex Burkhead, the Rex Burkhead train has... Cooled off a little bit. Sony Michelle got some carries. Uh, what do you like in this game from the Patriots? And do you like Kenny Galladay to be a uh, splash play for the Lions? Yeah, you have to figure that the Lions are going to be trailing and will have a negative game script unless, like I said, that revenge game comes into factor and somehow the Lions are leading. But you got to figure Matt Ryan is going to throw the, throw the ball a ton. Kenny Galladay's played very well the first two games of the season you have to figure he surpassed marvin jones as the second you know wide receiver on that team behind golden tate and you know theoretic is also an intriguing play this week if they're going to be behind then you know that they're going to have theoretic out there and you know matt matt stafford will throw some things and dunks to out, out to him and from the New England side, Sony Michelle led the backfield last week in, t- in carries with 10 carries for 34 yards. Rex Burkhead only saw six carries for 22 yards. And like you said, your boy James White, seven catches for 73 yards, four carries for 11 yards. I think that, like you said, that Rex Burkhead era has left. And I think the Patriots are going to try to move forward with Sony Michelle. 
and maybe we'll get some Josh Gordon action if he is active, but you got to figure pitchers are going to be leading for the most part in that game, get the run game going a little bit, and the Lions, if you have Matt Stafford on your team, fire him away. He's going to throw the ball 50 times against the Patriots because they're going to need to keep up to at least try and not get embarrassed Sunday night like they did against the Jets on week one. Yeah, you definitely don't want to see that as well. You don't don't want to see them get embarrassed, but most likely they will. Let's go to Monday night and give me one second on this game because you know this one I got some interest in. Uh, These two teams have combined for nearly 480 passing yards a game, or total yards per game, nearly 390 passing yards a game between the both of them. And that's the Steelers and the Bucks. And there's a lot of turmoil on the Steelers with Le'Veon Bell still a no-show. He's jet skiing in Miami, so... You know he's in the state of Florida, so maybe he'll be around, but not as a Steeler. Antonio Brown is going off on ex-employees that are tweeting about it, telling the team to trade him. Then, of course, backing off on that today, saying he's just pissed off the team is losing. We get it. They are. But the social media thing with the Steelers has got out of control. Mike Tomlin needs to really get this reined in or the season could spiral out of control. Um, this is, you know, I don't know if this is going to be a typical Roethlisberger on the road game. The Buccaneer defense isn't that good. This is a big game for them, and they must win for them. So I expect Roethlisberger to have a better road game than he normally does. I expect Antonio Brown to be an emphasis in the offense based on what's happened this week. And Juju Smith-Schuster, you know I was a big fan of him. I was poo-pooed about it by you and Mike, but he has proven me right through two games, and I think he will continue to do so. Jesse James is the tight end to own there. I'll let you talk about your boy Fitzmagic. Do you think this continues? He's got eight touchdowns for two games. He's approaching 1,000 yards already at 819. He'll probably crack the 1,000 mark after this game on Monday night. Uh, talk about him. And then the running back situation is concerning. Ronald Jones has been inactive for two games. And Peyton Barber, who you know I like, has averaged two and a half a carry on 35 carries. So that's troublesome for the uh, the Bucks who can't run the ball, but they certainly can throw the ball. And Deshaun Jackson knows that. He's averaging 30 yards a catch. Well, you know how I feel about Fitzmagic, and do you still believe it? It's through two weeks. He's been lighting teams up. Can yeah, I believe continue? it until a playoff game is on the line, and then they <laughs> lose it. And well, it, it, his crappy game is soon to come, and you know that Steelers defense has been getting lit up the last couple of games. So hopefully, Fitzmagic continues. From the Steelers' side, you know, since week 15 of last season, your boy Juju Smith-Schuster has been the mo- has the most fantasy points, you know, in the NFL. So, you know, that's a promising sign for them. You know, I figure with a pissed off Antonio Brown this week, Ben's gonna try to force feed him. You know, you can probably you can potentially see one of those ridiculous 14 catches, 180 yards, two touchdown game from Antonio Brown because they're gonna need to throw to keep up with. The Bucks, you know, as they fire away against that brutal Steelers defense, you know, Fitzpatrick is ranked fourth in average average air yards per pass this season. Guess who's allowed the most completions of twenty plus air yards this season? Yeah, I know who that yeah, is. Yeah, you're you're Steelers, my friend. So, you know, look for Fitzpatrick to throw bombs to Deshaun Jackson, Chris Godwin down the field if Godwin is active. In terms of the backfield, Jaquiz Rogers came back to you know, put some value out there. He caught three catches for 23 yards, rushed the ball five times for 13 yards. But, you know, majority of the carries are still going to Peyton Barber, but he was very ineffective last week. 16 rushes, 22 yards, netting a 1.4 yards per rush. So we'll see how that goes. And I believe, you know, James Conner is still leading the league in carries after only carrying the ball eight times last week. So, 
you got to figure they'll look to try to feed him a little bit if they get ahead somehow. And we'll see. There's a lot of potential for a high-scoring high game here. And like I said, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Ben is force-feeding it to Antonio Brown after some of the comments that came out this week. Yeah, it's a litmus test for Tampa Bay, and it's a gut check for Pittsburgh. And if Tampa Bay can go out and beat New Orleans, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh three weeks in a row, then you got to really take them seriously. And the Steelers have to go out there and try to get a win. They can't go to 0-2-1 in the division that we know is tough. The teams may not be fantastic, but that division is always tough. We'll go to quarter number four, and we'll talk a little bit about fantasy matchups. You're playing Mike this week in Yahoo. Just looking at your matchups here, you're going to break it down a little bit, see your thoughts maybe, what you have an advantage in. Uh, looks like Mike, or it looks like you are throwing out Tyrod Taylor tonight against the Jets. It was only a couple minutes ago before lineups locked, so that looks like you're going with the Tyrod Landry stack, so you'll be invested tonight. Uh, you still have no defense out there, so you don't have a defense, and Mike is hoarding, hoarding three defenses, so that's interesting as we look at this breakdown. So uh, a couple of key matchups here you want to watch for. It's going to be Melvin Gordon versus McCaffrey as your two leaders and running backs, and Mike's got some interest in this game as well. That's Powell, and he does have Carlos Hyde in the lineup, and we talked about it off-air how Carlos Hyde is expecting a baby, might have had it already. And it's going to be rushing to get to the stadium to play, so that'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, if I mean, Mike if he doesn't doesn't change before the kickoff uh, happens. Yeah, I mean, if he misses that and Hyde ends up not playing, that would be a great advantage for me. I do have a defense in line to be picked up, but it's going through waivers, so you know, I will have a slot there. Why Mike is hoarding three defenses? I don't know why. That's what Mike does, my friend. This is your first year <laughs> in the league with Mr. Randall. You'll notice that he hoards a lot and drops them just so other people can't pick them up. He is a defensive fantasy player, and he I think he gets off on it, and he loves it, and that's what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, and I picked up Tyrod Taylor this week. I had I had drafted Dak Prescott, obviously. Did not work out so well, so I dropped him for Tyrod Taylor. You know, I drafted a quarterback real late in this league, but like you said, I have McCaffrey going against Gordon, my boy Jordan Reed against Mike Gronkowski, hopefully Gronk. You know, if he's injured or they get a big lead, he won't play too much. I was able to pick up Gio Bernard in this league, and I will be starting him. Um, I don't know if Leonard Fournette is going to be healthy enough to play. And even if he does, I don't know how much run he'll get with that hamstring injury. So maybe I'll change that Sunday morning, depending on what the news is kind of like. But, you know, for now, I have Gio Bernard in that flex spot along with Christian McCaffrey and Kenyon Drake. Uh, you know, Mike looks like he's got... You know, Nelson Aguilar going, who I think will have a big game this week. You know, and you know how I feel about Matt Ryan in the Dome. So, you know, it looks like it, it's going to be a pretty close close game. It projected, I'm projected 132 points without a defense, and Mike has projected 136 points. So it'll come down to the wire, and we'll see how that goes. Yeah, this, it'll be an interesting matchup between the two of you. And then uh, we switch it over to the, to the Dynasty League, where you and I are going at it. As, I, as we speak, I am finalizing what my lineup might potentially be against you. And I do include Duke Johnson in my lineup tonight, so I'm hoping that Carlos Hyde does not show up and we get the Duke Johnson game finally. Um, I'm throwing my quarterbacks out there. The two that I got, I'm going to start them both against you, and that's Jared Goff and Dak Prescott. And it looks like you are going to fire away with Andy Dalton and Aaron Rodgers, so you definitely uh, may have one up me in the quarterback position. Uh, you're probably projected to win this game by a lot of points because your team is probably better on paper, which I think it is. But yeah, thoughts on this matchup between you and I. You got Keenan Allen going out there. I got Stefan Diggs and Juju Smith Schuster, our big guns for me. I'm banking on Leonard Fournette to come back because I need him to anchor my lineup with Melvin Gordon. 
Yeah, I got, you know, Odell, which I'm hoping he'll get in the end zone this week. And this is also the lead that I was able to get Adam Thielen from Mike, which I know he's furious about because of Marquise Lee's injury. And, you know, I thought it was a pretty smart move on my end. Um, happy with Zach Ertz there with Wentz coming back. You know, my friend, you are 0-2 in this league, and I am 2-0. and But, you know, maybe that trend will continue, and I'll go to 3-0, and and you'll be 0-3. But t- Yeah, let's hope not. I mean, good thing we're, different, <laughs> we're in different divisions, so it's a non-divisional matchup. And uh, oddly enough, myself and Mike Randall 0-2 in this Dynasty League, and Mike has uh, the least amount of points put up in this league. So we'll see, uh, you know, if he can uh, improve that himself in the Dynasty League. So, yeah, that's what we got to look forward to. We talked a little DFS on Monday. Uh, we'll you look for us both to tweet out some DFS picks. Again, uh, Min is at FF underscore Min Sue. You can find me at SCOT557. You know where to find Mike Randall at Randall Rant. And the pod is at PUT Blitz. Working on a bunch of things here coming up. Website in the future. Uh, look for picks. You know, we're all available for questions, lineup questions throughout the week up until game time. So feel free to hit us up with any questions at the individual handles or at the pod handle. And, uh, you know, we're good to go. Got this new era underway. Three-man booth, as they like to say. And uh, it's fun to have you on here, man. Looking forward to having a ton of episodes with you. And uh, what you think? First episode, how do you feel? I think it went pretty well. I definitely, you know, Scott, you and I, we talk a lot about sports anyway. So I feel like this is our typical conversation. But, sure is, sure is, you know, friend. definitely excited. You know, maybe we'll get an episode in with Mike or we'll get all three of us in. But I'm definitely excited for this opportunity. And hopefully we can continue to talk more sports and help our listeners to win more fantasy championships and wins. Absolutely. Make sure to follow Mike's Rotoviz series. He's previewing a different game every week. You know where to find my writing last word on pro football and the score crow. The power 16 will be out tomorrow and the bounce back candidate should be out on Saturday. So take a look at that again. New era on the picking up the blitz podcast until next time. Make all your fantasy lineups be winning ones. Yeah.